This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Hello and welcome to another Media Week podcast. I'm Kruti Joshi, the Deputy Editor of Media Week. Today on a very, very rainy Sydney day, I am here at Fox Sports in Artaman and in front of me is the editor of foxsports.com.au, Luke McElveen. Hi, Luke. Hi, Kruti. Uh, it's pretty bleak out there um, and it's pretty pretty bleak in uh, Australian sport this morning because those of us who stayed up overnight to see the Socceroos um, spectacularly fail was not the was not the result any of us were hoping for, but um, that's news, and uh, we're covering it as best we can. I mean, Socceroos did perform better than expected. Uh, yes and no. I think there was a lot of good stuff out of our World Cup campaign, but the fact remains we didn't make it through to the final 16. And um, a lot of our readers this morning are asking why, and, um, you know, as good as it was against France, we now have to wait another four years for a... Uh, for another shot. So um, a lot of disappointed sports fans out there this morning. Fans of Tim Cahill did get to see him on field finally. Was that a bit of a payoff, do you think? Yeah, there was a lot of pressure on uh, Bert van Marwijk, the, the, the soccerist coach, uh, to get him out there, and he did play. Uh, so they got to see him. But, you know, a lot of the commentary this morning is that it may have been too little too late. He probably should have had a shot against Denmark and we might have come away with more than a draw, um, seems to be the consensus. So, yeah, they got to see him, but not even Timmy, Timmy the, the genius, could turn the result. Last FIFA World Cup question because the fevers hit everyone. Are you going to be staying up to see any more games from the tournament? Yeah, absolutely. I think Australian football fans, you know, are pretty accepting that the Socceroos are not going to go all the way, uh, although it would have been nice to get to the next stage. But I think, you know, football fans, it's just a, it's just a great exhibition of, of football, no matter who you follow. So you saw that goal that Messi scored for Argentina overnight. I mean, the, the class that's on display when you, you get down to the final 16, you start to see Brazil, Belgium, Germany, these sort of, um, top you know top nations um i think i I don't think anybody switches off put it that way now you arrived to fox sports in september last year um before that you worked at the daily mail news.com.au some very big names in the australian news landscape since you've come to fox sports have you been watching more sports than you normally did because it's part of the job yeah, prob- probably. My kids would say that, certainly. I've always got Fox Sports on at home. But then again, look, I've been, I've been obsessed with sports since I was a kid. So as a journalist, I've always worked in, in news, tending towards the sort of hard news side, whether it's in digital or print. But when this opportunity came up, I thought, wow, to, to make a career out of sport is something that I'd, I'd never dreamed of. You know, since I, I played a lot of sport as a kid, I love sport. I wouldn't say I've suddenly become a sports fan. I've always been a sports fan. But, yeah, I've had to certainly broaden the the sports that I'm interested in. I'm a massive rugby league fan. I'm a a big AFL fan. I love golf. But to to be at Fox Sports, you need to to really get across all sports because there are so many that that our readers follow that to, to service them all properly, you need to kind of sharpen your interest pretty quickly. I talked a little bit about your career just in my last question, mentioning that you were at News Corp and Daily Mail. That's just a part of your career. You've had quite a long and distinguished career in um, media. Can you run us through how you started and how you've come to be at Fox Sports? It's a bit of a journey. 
So I started, I started at News. I had my whole career at, at News um, and left to, to launch the Daily Mail a, a, as the editor there. So um, apart from that sort of four-year stint, I was always at News. I started as a copy boy. They don't exist anymore. I think they're, uh, I, I'm not sure legally they could. So uh, what that meant was basically running around the newsroom, delivering mail, getting the editor's lunch, taking copies of the, the paper over to the pub for the, for the senior editors to, to see the first edition. Um, and there were a whole bunch of us who did that, and I've still got some great mates at, at News who started that way. So these are before the days where you had to walk in with a journalism degree. You basically you know, had to walk in with an ability to talk to people and ask questions, and, and then you would learn on the job. So that's how I started, and then um, I, got a, I was lucky enough to get a cadetship on The Australian. So I've always had a, a love of The Australian, and, and you know, still do, because that's where I got my first start. And from there... You know, worked my way up. I got. I was sent to Canberra by the, the former editor in chief of the Australian, David Armstrong. He gave me a shot uh, in Canberra, so I spent four years there in the press gallery, which was a fantastic opportunity and a great learning experience. And uh, and from there, sort of, I moved to the I moved to the Telegraph after that and came back to Sydney to work with Dave Pemberthy, who was the editor of the Telegraph then. So. And then, you know, from there onto onto news.com, I thought, you know, the way the media was shifting, I thought, of, you know, I wanted to get some digital experience under my belt. I also love the, and still do love the immediacy of, of online news, um, the ability to sort of t- to pivot really quickly has always appealed to me. So uh, news.com, and then from there, uh, the Daily Mail, which was a, a whole new experience. It was my first experience in a sort of startup culture, starting something myself from from scratch. It was an enormous amount of work and energy needed, but, you know, I had a lot of fun there too. Uh, you know, none of the, all the career moves I've made, um, whether at news or elsewhere, I've, you know, I've, I've always felt were the right moves and, and, uh, and, I've, and I've just enjoyed myself and learned. When someone Googles your name, clicks on an article, something that comes up over and over again is during your time at news.com.au, you led the website from being ranked number three in Australia to number one. What does it take to be most visited news website in Australia? Well, you know what? I reckon, I reckon in media, any sort of success you have, the first thing it requires is having good people around you. And at news.com, um, you know, we had a great team and they still have a great team there now and they're still number one. So, uh, you know, it requires um, not one person but a team with different strengths. What, what I try to bring to a site is an understanding of who the readers are. You need uh, content that cuts through, that people are going to talk about, that doesn't sort of blend in with the huge amount of online content available to everyone every day you know you're competing with facebook you're competing with google you need stuff that stands out one of my early editors used to say to me if you stand in the middle of the road you get run over i think in in news that's completely true you know it's and it doesn't mean you bombard readers with opinion but you've got to present the news and take it in, in a sharp way and take a stand on something tell them what you think don't just tell them what every other site is telling them and they they, they can either agree or not agree but in my experience, they'll usually click and they'll usually want to know, you know, why you've taken a, a particular position. And then there's the, you know, the, there's the whole sort of, there's the back end stuff, which is enormously important. You know, people, people on, it's not just editorial on a website, you know, people are enormously important. You've got to have that stuff in order. You've got to have people who, 
you know, who, who, who know how to run your SEO, who are always inventing uh, better, more personalised design. A proper social strategy is, is hugely important. We're working, we're doing a lot of work on social now. You just mentioned Fox Sports and the importance of social media. When it comes to sports coverage, it's just wall to wall. You've got, you know, newspapers doing it really well on digital. For example, the Daily Telegraph and the NRL, they're known for it. So how do you make your product stand out? We work very closely with um, with the other News Corp sites and brands, and, and that's really important because, you know, we're all part of the same business and the same family. So we're not looking to be... To, to be markedly different in that sense. But look, Fox Sports is such a, a loved brand and, and, it, and it's, it's such an authoritative brand. That's a big part of the success we're having and will have. I think whether it's in digital or broadcast, you know, you come to Fox Sports because you know the information's going to be there, you know it's going to be right, you know it's going to be engaging, you know that the people who are writing or who are broadcasting are the best at what they do. Um, so so that, that brand part of it's important. From, from a digital perspective, one of the things I've, I've really tried to bring over the last six months and will continue to bring is a, a sense of humour to the, to the site. I think that's really important. A lot of our, what we call our magazine shows on, on Fox Sports, you know, whether it's uh, you know, the Professor or the Matty John show, which are having, you know, making really big strides on broadcast, I really want that sense of humour and, and irreverence to, to spill over to the site because that's what, that's what readers expect. I, I say to my team, we've got to have the best live coverage. We've got to have the best analysis, but there's no reason why that can't be done in a way that's surprising, interesting and, and funny a lot of the time because we're not hard news. You know, we're a place that people come to because it's fun, you know, because it's, it's, it's their interest and their, and their hobby. We're not running you know, the world pages. We don't need to be the guardian. We never should. So we need to retain our, our credibility and our kind of sober analysis, but at the same time, we, we can have some fun. You know, we, we can take the mickey if, if, if it's appropriate. We, you, know, we can, you know, we can make a stand on something, um, even if people disagree with us. But what we're not going to do is be vanilla and like everybody else. Sure. You just mentioned a growth opportunity or where you'd like to take the foxsports.com.au website. What advantages do you have knowing that you have such a big broadcast business behind you and the material that you can draw on? The, the opportunities there are huge. We're only scratching the surface, the surface on that. Also, with our, with, our, with our NRL coverage, there's a great example of that kind of maximisation of content, I guess. So from a TV perspective, you know, we have this, this great... Um, Fox League team um, who, who really own rugby league as a game. You know, we have the, we have the best experts. We've got uh, Greg Alexander and, and, and Michael Ennis, uh, Mal Meninga. We have this team of experts who, who everybody in the game looks to when the big issues arise. Now, so what we've done in digital, for example, is set up a basically a digital TV show, um, which is on the site every day. So we uh, we go down to a digital studio, take the you know our best talent with us, uh, with one of the presenters, and produce a three to four minute show every day um, on the biggest issues in the game. So it provides a kind of, you know, there's a, a great bit of video there for the site, but it's also a really, a really sort of sharp, kicks off a really sharp news debate on the site, you know, which then carries through to our shows 
um, later in the evening. You know, we've had some some really good success with that. We're still, you know, we're still building it, but I think that's kind of that's a really good example of how TV and digital should should work together. You know, set the agenda online during the day, kick the debate off on on social, and then carry it through to the TV audience um, later in the evening. Now, when it comes to cricket, I can't you know I, I can't go into too many specifics about our some of our cricket innovations, but it will be along the same lines. You know, it will it will be using the best of our our cricket talent. You know, when we've got you know, we've got the biggest names. You know, we've got Gilchrist and Warren and Mark Waugh. These are guys who are, you know, were huge figures in the game when they played, but in their in their their media careers, they're also known for having strong views, and they're and they're the most respected voices in the game. We're working hard now on on how to convert that to digital and how to make that that digital offering a seamless experience for the for a TV audience and to drive some of those eyeballs to, to television. You just mentioned the cricket. That was one of the biggest wins for Fox Sports earlier this year when it won the broadcast rights with seven from nine. Fox Sports has a big association with tournaments like the Big Bash League. It was actually one of the pioneers of the tournament. When it comes to preparing for something as major as cricket and it's known as you know the sport for the summer what sort of things are you thinking about from a from a digital point of view you need some innovations around it i think i think the first thing is having the right the right talent and um you know that we've done that we we now have that sorted out um the next thing and and this is the this is the detail we can't talk about yet, but innovations around how you cover the game and what makes it different. The, the Foxco CEO, Patrick Delaney, he's, he's already said, you know, our coverage will be different. It needs to be different. We're not Channel 9, we're not trying to be, but the audience is generationally different. It's multiculturally different. Our challenge is to recognise that and to appeal to a whole new generation of, of cricket fans. Um, now, from a digital point of view, you know, It'll be live blogs. It'll be interaction with with our commentary team. Um, it'll be it'll be using that talent to to write for us and to you know to get instant um, expert opinion on that. A, a lot of the, the talent we have is has an enormous social media following. You know, you look at Shane Warne's Twitter presence. Michael Vaughan's uh, Twitter um, Twitter followers are enormous in the UK. So we're sort of building this already. We're building this you know a more international approach. To, to the cricket. Ishigua, who's a superstar in, in the UK, is also very keen to get involved in digital. So we'll be, we'll be using that, that talent to drive audience on Fox Digital. Steve Crawley, our head of television, who was at Nine for many years, is right across from a TV point of view how to present this game differently. The cameras we use, the angles we use, um, the stats we use, the graphics we use, all of that will, will be seamlessly fed through digital. So, you know, we aim to have a sort of multi-screen experience. The, the ideal for us and where we need to be is to have every Fox cricket fan sitting there uh, with their phone or device and you know, and the digital team providing them with extra content that makes the TV experience even better than it will be. I mentioned earlier Fox Sports actually shares the rights to the cricket with Seven. In terms of digital, is Seven a competition? Yeah, of course Seven's a, seven's a competition. I mean, Seven's a very different uh, product. You know, we are co-signatories to these rights, but 
you know, we see any other network as, as, as competition. From a broadcast point of view, one of our greatest assets is, is to have an ad-free offering, which will also provide opportunities to digital. There will be uh, a certain period of about 30, 30 seconds at the end of every over, and when our commercial competitors are slotting a, an ad in, um, we'll, be, we'll be looking to fill it with great content and engaging content. And I think you know, that's where a digital opportunity is, is to, is to not just sort of have a separate website, but to have this kind of seamless experience where somebody is watching the cricket and then on digital you're providing some great content in between when you have that downtime um, between balls and between overs. Because cricket, I, I'm a huge cricket fan, but, you know, nobody can deny that th- there are some pretty big breaks in cricket. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of space to do a lot of stuff. And that's where I want digital to be, is in that space and driving eyeballs to subscriptions and to the website. Now, going back to your career at Mail Online, there are a couple of allegations about the about the title. So uh, there are a lot of allegations that it's a sweatshop or, you know, it rips off content and stuff. Coming from that background, is there anything that you can say to clarify those things? Um, oh, look, not, not particularly. I think, you know, the, the Mail Online can, can speak for itself. Uh, I, I had a great time there. There are some, there are some great digital journalists at, at Mail Online. The business model is, you know, I, I don't think Mail Online has ever has ever tried to hide from the fact that it's a, it's a you know, it, it, it goes for scale and size. And to do that, um, you know, it's a business model is to aggregate, you know, is to, is to present readers with the, the best of the web. Um, but I also think, you know, I, I, think a, I think a bit of that, a bit, I think a bit of that criticism is overblown. Um, the, at least the Australian site, when I was there, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we broke a lot of stories on a daily basis. Um, so um, it's not all aggregation, but it's certainly part of the, certainly part of the, the business model. But look, I'm not there anymore. The Mail Online's a big player and, and, can, and can speak for itself. Sure. When you left News Corp for Mail Online, there was um, a bit of a controversy coming back to News Corp because you said you've had a long career here and it's almost like home for you professionally. What was the feeling like? Oh, you know what? It was like I said at the time, it was just sort of like coming home. News Corp's very passionate about what the company does and um, everybody, whether it's in Fox Sports or The Australian or The Telegraph, everybody gets up and goes to work every morning feeling part of a team and and, 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 you know, wanting to do their best. I think that's the, that's the best part of the company. That's why I, that's why I wanted to come back. That does have that sort of family culture. But look, in terms of coming back, people, people couldn't be better. I felt instantly kind of back home. You know, as somebody, a senior news person said to me shortly afterwards, I said, oh, well, we can, you know, we can stop fighting now because you've got, you've got the right jersey on, uh, which was a nice sporting analogy. Um, so look, yeah, I, I didn't feel any sense of uh, any sense of bad blood. Steve Crawley, Patrick Delaney, um, you know, working with these guys, they are totally switched on twenty four seven about what they do, and, and to me, that's the most important thing. Not really the past; it's about okay, you're here. Uh, here's what we've got. You know, we've got cricket. What are we going to do with it? And that stuff, that's the stuff that, that drives me. You mentioned you are, you are an uh, NRL and a AFL fan. Both seasons in full sp- uh, swing. Any predictions? 
Oh man, it's a it's a it's a wild season in both codes. Uh, I'm a I'm a Roosters fan, so um, uh, I'm always I'm always hoping that uh, that we'll we won't choke in the finals, but we do have a long proud history of doing that. Um, in terms of the league, look, I, like, I think Penrith, I think the Panthers, uh, they had a dusty couple of weeks in between Origin, but James Maloney, Nathan Cleary, these guys will come back from Origin, and I, I think they've got the potential to go all the way. They've got a lot of injuries, but I like the I like the Panthers. Um, Melbourne is all it's to me. It's a bit of a boring proposition, but they're always thereabouts. Um, and you can't um, you can't write them off. Uh, and of course the dragons between those three, um, AFL, yeah, go the Swans. Are you a hardcore Swans supporter? Oh, I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore Swans supporter. I'm a, I'm a bit of a fraud. I, I have been spotted in, at the SCG with the scarf on, but um, they're sort of a. I have a lot of friends who are Swans supporters, so I tend to get caught up with them and. Uh, but I, I do like I do like my AFL. It's um, it's an awesome game. It's a um, it's a great TV game, but it's a it's an ever it's an even better game live. Luke, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. That was another Media Week podcast. Find us online at mediaweek.com.au and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Media Week AUS.